is December 2021. Welcome to a recap of the episodes of Muse News, the BCMA's monthly museum sector news podcast. I'm Lorenda. Ho, ho, ho. And I'm a very special guest host, Santa Claus, otherwise known as Old Saint Nick. Join us as we look back at all of the news we've covered in 2021. Mandrake the Magician exhibit celebrates world-famous delusionist Surrey and New Westminster roots. A lot of people know Mandrake the Magician as a comic book protagonist, but the real Mandrake grew up in New Westminster and raised his family in Surrey. To celebrate Leo Mandrake's 62-year career enthralling audiences with magic and mind-bending performances as, as a ventriloquist, stuntman, mentalist, and illusionist, the Museum of Surrey opens an exhibit in his honor on Wednesday as part of a community treasure series. Quote, Magicians were like rock stars in the 1930s and 40s, filling stadiums and crowds with fans, said Jesse McLean, assistant curator at the Museum of Surrey. Historic mug shots offer a glimpse into Vancouver's bad old days. In 1912 to 1913, the Vancouver Police Department kept a mugshot book with photos of all the people they had arrested and handwritten descriptions of their alleged crimes. Many are petty, such as stealing a banana, while others are heinous, like murder. But taken together, they offer a unique glimpse into the city a century ago. Now, for the first time, the public can see the mugshots firsthand in an exhibition at the Vancouver Police Museum at 240 East Cordova Street. The museum also has original plate glass negatives for the shots, but at present is short of funds to digitize them. The impetus for the mugshot exhibit, in fact, is because the 1912 to 1913 book has been digitized and could be printed affordably. Quote, we were trying to save money during COVID, and I was tasked with creating this exhibit for under $200, says museum curator Elizabeth Peterson. I did it by reusing old exhibit panels and with lots of in-house printing, and it worked out really well. The Police Museum is open Thursday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturdays from noon to 5 p.m. Adult tickets are $12, seniors and students are $10, youth $8, and $30 for a family of four. Finding history in library books is easy, but turning the page to find a century-old heirloom is much more rare. That's made Michelle Harvey thankful that a fellow library patron spotted a vintage photo of her grandfather as a child and turned it into the local branch. Last week, the North Okanagan branches of the Okanagan Regional Library Service used social media to post a black and white antique photo of a toddler dressed in white with knee socks, shiny shoes, and holding a cricket ball. Thomas Francis Tip Harvey, July 7th, 1914, reads the handwritten note on the back of the photo. This sweet photo was found in a library book borrowed from our Vernon branch. We would love to be able to give it back to its owner, its Facebook post said. The Okanagan Regional Library told CBC News the photo was found by a patron who checked out the same book immediately after Harvey. No information about that patron has been disclosed for privacy reasons. Harvey, currently living in Kelowna, says she was shocked to see the baby photo of her grandfather that she'd forgotten about. I was just so happy that it's the type of thing I didn't even realize was missing, Harvey told Sarah Penton, the host of Radio West. I felt such a sense of relief and gratitude that the library had reached out and tried to find the owner, Harvey said, adding it would have been a big loss for her family if this piece of her grandfather's legacy had been lost. The photo is just such a great reminder of the importance of my granddad and those family connections, she said. He was a man who did not have a lot. He was always so generous and so kind, and I need that photo to help us tell his story so my kids realize how wonderful he was. Tip Harvey was born in Toronto on July 7, 1914, to parents from the United Kingdom. They traveled back to England with the infant and took the photo of him when he was around two years old. The grown-up Harvey relocated from England to British Columbia in 1955. He passed away in Kelowna on March 7, 1990. The library has offered to send the photo to one of its Kelowna's branches for Harvey to pick up.
Recently, scientists found a 40-year-old treasure hidden in a drawer of the insect collection at the Beattie Biodiversity Museum at UBC. Only three millimeters in length, this darling dung beetle was first collected in Kalane National Park in 1979. Then, 38 years later, a bug team from the Beattie Biodiversity Museum collected two more specimens during the Parks Canada Bio Blitz in 2017. This exciting discovery highlights the importance of caring for natural history collections over the long term, as well as continuing to document the natural world around us by conducting surveys and adding voucher specimens to these collections whenever possible. This darling dung beetle has finally been properly introduced to the scientific community at large. BC City gives Ogopogo copyright to First Nation. The city of Vernon, BC has given up the copyright to a legendary creature's name and transferred it to the Sioux Nation, following criticism of cultural appropriation from indigenous communities. Last Monday, the city council passed a motion by a 4-3 vote to relinquish the right of assigning who can use the name of Ogopogo. The copyright was given to the city in July 1956 from the previous copyright holder, A.G. Seabrook. The name Ogopogo is a word derived from the Sioux language, pronounced Nahaha Niko, meaning something from the water, according to Chief Byron Lewis of the Okanagan Indian Band, one of several communities of the Sioux Nation in BC. Lewis says that the legendary animal is believed to inhabit Okanagan Lake. Quote, for someone else to say that I can actually own that Ogopogo name through my laws is cultural appropriation, Lewis said on CBC's Daybreak South. An Nanaimo man's 140,000 specimen mollusk collection has found a new home at a BC Biodiversity Museum. Bill Murleys, a retired BC Parks Regional Information Officer, collected mollusk shells ranging from large clams to tiny snails found on the BC shorelines for nearly 50 years. In that time, he amassed and catalogued more than 140,000 shells and possibly the most extensive collection of micro mollusks ever gathered from BC's coast. Murley's interest in mollusks was sparked when he was five years old by his father who gave him a clamshell, but his hobby of collecting shells took off after he moved to Nanambo in 1978. I really had a glorious opportunity because my job with BC Parks took me up and down the island all over the place, he said. I'd have this spoon and I'll find a nice rock at low tide and scrape all the slime and goop off of it, put it into a plastic bag and bring it home and put it in my wife's freezer, which of course wasn't very popular. Release would thaw the samples, screen out shells between one of five millimeters in size, and then with a pair of watchmaker's forceps, sit for hours peering through a microscope and picking out the micro mollusks, which he preserves in vials. This came about in an interesting way, Merrily said. The Canadian Wildlife Service were trying to find out what some of the shorebirds were feeding on. They analyzed the stomach contents, but they had nothing to identify the little snails they found. So I started gravitating to getting smaller, smaller, and finally ending up getting it down to what I call micro mollusks. Merlees gathered specimens from Vancouver Island, Haida Gwaii, and Washington State, accompanied at times by his friend, marine biologist Rick Harbo. Merlees collection stored in wooden cabinets he built fills a bedroom in his departure bay area home. Vials containing micro mollusks fill just one of dozens of cabinet drawers, yet account for about 126,000 of the estimated 140,000 specimen collection. Each sample is accompanied by particulars such as date, time, location, tide conditions, surface type such as rock or sand, size of scraping, number of specimens, and how many of each were found. He also used methods of preserved specimen DNA, which might one day help further species identification efforts. 
Millie said some of his specimens are new to the field of Moloch's study and haven't been formally recognized. Samples were sent to James Hamilton McLeod, a malacologist and former curator at the Natural History Museum of Los Angeles County, who included some of them in a 2,000-page monograph he compiled. Unfortunately, McLean died in 2016 before it could be published. Merlees, now 81, stopped making collection trips in 2020, but he hopes his donation bound for the University of British Columbia's Beattie Biodiversity Museum will become a learning resource for future biology students. Wishing you a happy holidays from the Muse News team. Ho, ho, ho. And a very happy new year from Santa Claus. Wishing all of the good museum professionals out there a very happy 2022. Ho, ho, ho. 